With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line, and we are presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick, also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes back in the early 90s. Uh, fun first hour, Pritch, that we had on the show. We'll have a fun second hour on deck as well. 15 minutes from now, Von Dalzell, NBC sports betting analyst, will join us. He has three plays in tomorrow's college football action. We'll get to those with Von in the next segment. 30 minutes from right now, Carl Jick Jack Johnson, the sportsbook director over at the Beau Rivage, will let us know what he's seeing behind the window and what he likes in college football in week number one. We know down south, they don't mess around with that college football, mm-hmm. Pritch. No, they don't. It, it is here, and then the folks at the Biloxi, I'm sure, have been betting this thing hand over fist, so we'll get Jig Jack's thoughts on it coming up 30 minutes from right now. But Pritch, let's play our critically acclaimed game here on the Lombardi line, because it's a Lombardi line Friday, Friday, Labor Day weekend. Hope everyone has a happy and healthy Labor Day weekend. But this game, critically acclaimed, critics are saying two thumbs up, Prince. Mm, okay. It is. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell nah here <laughs> on a Friday. And our first headline here, Pritch, has to do with Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Now, yesterday or earlier this week, Chris Ballard, general manager of the Colts, said this about the situation. Quote, it sucks for the Colts, it sucks for Jonathan Taylor, and it sucks for our fans. It's where we're at, and we're going to work through it, and we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They are repairable. Pritch, the relationship (laughs) between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor is repairable. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell nah. I mean... Ballard's not wrong. He's not wrong. It, it, it is repairable. But are you going to do what it takes to make it repairable or to repair it? Mm. Right? Uh, and, I, I mean, I want to go with, oh, hell yeah, it's repairable. Right? Um, but, oh, hell no, I don't think they're going to repair it. <laughs> because <laughs> Little column A, column B. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hell yeah, it's repairable. But you got to give him some loot. Uh, and Josina Anderson had a tweet out there that, I mean, if this is true, then we know what Indy has to do, right? Uh, you know, he was out there. You can go seek a trade. Go ahead and seek a trade, and, and you do everything. Okay, we might we find a trade. Uh, we even find compensation for the trade, but yet the Colts don't trade him. Uh, and so if you're Jonathan Taylor, you're pissed off at that. 
right? And so therefore, you don't think it's going to be repairable. But if the Colts say, we, we want to give you this contract uh, that represents what those offers were, okay, now it's repairable. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, oh, hell yeah, it's repairable. Oh, hell no. Uh, I don't think the Colts are going to repair it. So the report that you're alluding to from Josina Anderson, she put this out over on Twitter, saying that both the Dolphins and Packers were both willing to give Taylor a contract that placed him among the highest paid running backs in the NFL entering this season. Yeah. Now, we don't know what offers the Colts, or rather the, uh, the Packers and Dolphins have made to the Colts. Maybe they were offering a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick and said, hey, yeah, We'll trade you this and we'll pay Jonathan Taylor because the Colts have to be compensated as well in this situation. So I don't know what those offers looked like because it sounds like they weren't very good. Otherwise, the Colts would have possibly tried to entertain this. thing. But, OK, it's relative because what's very good? Obviously, very good would be a first rounder. Mm-hmm. That's I what mean, they want. I, I, yeah, I don't know if teams are going to trade a first rounder. And so if you're the Colts, you're holding out for a first rounder. But yet you're not putting value on Jonathan Taylor because – he wants a new contract, but yet you're not doing it, right? And mm-hmm. But yet you want to hold that – you want to stall that in, uh, that transaction because you want a first-rounder. But you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. This is from a player's point of view. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You're telling me I'm not worth that, but yet you want that. Mm. And I find out that I am worth that, and now you don't want to trade me. So it's, it's like you are – you have me shackled. That's what you feel like as a player right now. I cannot, I cannot move. I, cannot, I can't do anything. I can't further my career. You know, I'm playing with uncertainty here. That's why you see the face and the looks you see from JT. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so frustrating because, and I know it's not comparable to everybody's everyday walk of life, right? It's not. But mm-hmm. imagine that you have another opportunity somewhere else to further your career, but yet that person you're working for that company you're working for has you handcuffed you can't you can't leave i mean that that is what jt is going through and it's so frustrating you can't leave and they don't want to give you a raise and they don't want to give you a raise exactly yeah. when you know the money's out there so um it's repairable but but then again i don't know if ursa is going to repair it ursa i'll never forget these comments uh I, you know i'm sick and tired of the star wars uh numbers and he was referring to peyton manning mm. the great peyton manning i'm sick and tired of i want super bowls Right? I want championships. So when you have an owner that's willing to say that about a player like that, uh, but yet now he's got J- JT shackled and, and he cannot go on and further his career, I, I don't know what to say about that. And, but as a player, one, you want to get the hell out of there uh, <laughs> if you can. Um, but it's, it's frustrating because you can't. I mean, Ballard is right. And Ballard knows. It does suck. I know I want JT, but I can't sign him. That's yeah. what that, that quote from Ballard tells me. And right now, Jonathan Taylor is on the physically unable to perform list, so the pup list will have him out the first four weeks of the regular season, regardless which team he is on. Even if he's traded, he would remain on pup until week number five. Now, I'm sure the Colts thought about this, hey, go out and seek the trade, because mm-hmm. like, I think the Colts wanted to show Jonathan Taylor <laughs> that, hey, the market's probably not what you think it is out there. And maybe that's what they've learned through this, but Josina Anderson's reporting that, hey, there would have been a big contract. So <laughs> right. it's kind of like, who to believe, what yeah. to say, what's going on. Uh, we're getting two messages, but I think the ultimate message is that we're not going to see Jonathan Taylor for the first month of the season. No. I think that's what the ultimate message is. And I think, honestly, just the way that Ursay operates, it's probably Jonathan Taylor staying on the Colts or Jonathan Taylor not playing in 2023. Uh, the next headline here has to do with Joe Burt. 
Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Joe Shiesty, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, has returned to practice with the pads on. And earlier this offseason, there was talks about Joe Burrow getting that mega extension because we saw his draft classmate, Justin Herbert, go ahead and sign the richest contract in NFL history. Everybody thought Joe Burrow was next. Unfortunately, he suffered the calf strain, but he is back on the practice field. But, Pritch, I say this to you. Joe Burrow should not play for the Bengals without a new contract. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell nah. <laughs> oh, man. It's tempting. It really is. It, it really is tempting. Um, and, but he's injury prone, too. Um, oh, goodness. Oh, hell no. Nah, he shouldn't play uh, without a new contract. That's just me. Mm. But Joe Burrow is made differently. And... You know, he's made comments about, I, I want my, all my guys to stay with, with the Bengals, and uh, this contract really isn't that important. So it, it feels like he's team-friendly, right? Uh, he's one of those guys. And, and he okay, okay, my big payday is going to come. I'm not worried about it. Man, Joe, you should be worried about it because <laughs> this game is different. And I, I know you're in a unique situation. You're a quarterback, and you're all that. You are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – Ask yourself, what are the Bengals waiting for? I mean, why are they waiting? <laughs> um, so from a business standpoint, I get it. Uh, it feels good to, to know that someday you're going to get this done. But I wouldn't go out there without a new contract, to be honest with you, uh, if, if you're Joe Burrow. I mean, you, right, you, you hold all the cards from a, from a leverage standpoint. Mm-hmm. This is a Super Bowl year. <laughs> Look, my, my calf, it doesn't feel great, you know. <laughs> I think a new contract will make that calf heal. I mean, you, you have it within you, you your power. The cold tub? Right. I mean, when does a player acquire this much leverage? You, you, Never. It's rare. Never. Yeah. It is rare. So I, I think he should. I think he should apply a, a pressure here. But, you know, he's, he's a team-friendly guy. And, and, and I think it's someday that contract will come. But hopefully it's someday will not be too late. And I think that the point that you brought up that Burrow's probably not cut that way is probably true mm-hmm. because, like you mentioned, we have all these discussions in all offseason. We've talked about running back value, running back value. Right. Those guys never really have the leverage. Joe Burrow has all the leverage <laughs> because he, he is the face of the franchise. He holds the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. And if he wanted to say, I'm not playing until you give me my damn deal done, guess who everybody gets mad at? They get mad at the Bengals' front office. Exactly. They're saying, why aren't you paying one of the best quarterbacks, and arguably the second-best quarterback in all of football? Right. But I don't think Joe Burrow wants to do that. But if he did want to do that, he could definitely apply the, a lot of pressure and make things really uncomfortable in Cincinnati if he wanted to. But I don't foresee this happening. I don't think he's made up that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's made up that way either. But, I mean, you could pull in Emmitt Smith. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing that happened in 93 after the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Emmitt Smith said, hey, I ain't showing up. And the yeah. Cowboys went 0-2. They get the deal done. They go and reel off a bunch of wins and win another Super Bowl with Emmitt Smith. <laughs> like, like Sometimes you got to apply a little pressure to show what your true value is. And if the Bengals had to take the field against Cleveland without Joe Burrow, I don't think you yeah. want to see that. Well, put it this way. The Kansas City Chiefs are about to play a game uh, a week from yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Chris Jones isn't there. Uh, and so Kansas City is like, and I knew this was going to happen. Kansas City wants him to get paid by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they might trade him. Who knows? But, um, no, I, I think when you have leverage as a player in the National Football League, you have to apply it. You have to. 
let the team know that you know I have I have all the cards on my side of the table. I, I have the best hand. I'm not playing poker with you. I'm not I'm not going to get to a situation where you can uh, pick and prod and, and lower my number that appeases you. My number is as high as it's ever going to be right now. I think if you're Joe Burrow uh, and you have leverage, but uh, I don't think he's made up that way. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. Because usually guys who have this sort of leverage, these quarterbacks, mm. they usually just get taken care of. Right. And your point is a very valid point of why haven't the Bengals done it? Huh. <laughs> like, what, what are you waiting for? Oh, no. It's a fair question to ask. Like, what are you guys waiting for? Get me done. Like, I'm back. My calf is fine. And like, the calf injury was not going to be like a debilitating injury. Mm. Get me done. Herbert got done. This should not be hard. I don't know, man. <laughs> Sometimes maybe a little bit of pressure is needed. And he's not going to do it, but... I don't know, Joe. Maybe think about it. <laughs> hey, maybe think about it just a little bit because I guarantee you that line would be uh, Cleveland laying at least three if he didn't play in that game coming up next Sunday. All right. Von Dalzell, NBC sports betting analyst, joins us on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. It's been fun over these two hours. We thank all four of our guests, Zach Cohen, VEASAN writer and betting analyst. Also, thank you to Vinny Mayulo, Hall of Fame oddsmaker at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Thank you to Von Dalzell of NBC Sports Betting. And then thank you to Carl Jigjack Johnson, the sportsbook director at the Boervage, who joined us in the last segment. Thank you to all four of them for helping us on today's show but before Pritch we go any further let's give out our pro tip which everyone can go and check out all the pro tips at vcin.com slash tips and this one has to do with the news that came out yesterday afternoon as it pertains to the former all pro wide receiver Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams Cooper Cup suffering what Sean McVay is calling a setback and is now day to day as it pertains to their week one game next Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks so Pritch this pro tip for me comes from a kind of line value standpoint Mm. to where right now I think the market is sort of pricing in the uncertainty of Cooper Cup, but if next week he is ruled out, I believe the number will move further in favor of the Seattle Seahawks. So if you like Seattle and you think Cooper Cup is not going to play, you're probably best to take Seattle right now laying five or five and a half because you're likely to go ahead and capture some of that closing line value. No, I like that. Uh, a great pro tip right here. Uh, typically for me, a divisional game, especially going to start the year this way, uh, generally a field goal type of game situation mm-hmm. for me, but uh, could be a stay away. Uh, but here's some data from an ATS standpoint just last year. And Seattle was a surprise team at 9-8 and eight last year. They were a mm-hmm. surprise team. But ATS, uh, what, 7-11 uh, mm-hmm. on the whole season, you know, at home they were 4-5. and five. Uh, ATS uh, division two and five ATS one and five is a home favorite one and four excuse me as a home favorite a uh, favorite in general one and five but I I even without Cooper Cup uh, you know jump on that number if you want I I, I would stay away now mm-hmm. if it does climb <laughs> what do you need to bet the Rams bridge? right if it does what do you climb, need I mean I love Seattle too and I think there's there's a sentiment that likes a lot, you know, to like a, a lot of people like Seattle. So uh, I'm going to wait and see on this one. I, I, it's a stay away from me right now, uh, even though I'm high on the Hawks. Yeah. Well, I think it's almost like two separate conversations, if you will, mm-hmm. because from a number standpoint, I think the conversation is, all right, right now it's five, five and a half, pending on where you shop. Right. If Cooper Cup is ruled out, it probably closes in the six, six and a half range. So you would then have closing line value if you mm. bet it right now. But from an intuitive standpoint, mm. and what you're talking about with division dogs early in the season, I align with you to where I'm not really interested in betting this, even though I know that it probably would get closing line value yeah. if Cooper Cup is rolled out. That's why I just stay away yeah. from this game. But for those who want to bet Seattle or you just want action in the game, here's where you can kind of guess where the number is going to go. So if you like Seattle, you probably got to do it now. If you like the Rams... Just chill, wait, get the news that he's rolled out. Maybe you get six and a half. Maybe you get a full touchdown right. at seven. Great pro tip, though, to understand uh, closing line value, though. Value, though. 100%. Yep. Some people just like to get it. I mean, yeah. like, it has value. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're guaranteed to right. win your bet, clearly, because there have been many bets that have 
oodles and oodles of closing line <laughs> value and some reason you just lose the game uh whatever but uh yeah just like if you want to go ahead and bet closing line value which if you make thousands and thousands of bets and you consistently get closing line value you should ultimately be profitable so just a little bit of advice for our, our viewers and our listeners on that front uh speaking of advice pritch Yesterday, we released the updated NFL betting guide here mm-hmm. at VEASAN. We encourage everyone to go ahead and check that out. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're giving it away for the low, low. $19, I believe, is the new rate here. Or you can get the annual subscription if you want to do that all the way through the Super Bowl. Uh, but each on-air host had to give out a best bet okay. for the updated VEASAN NFL betting guide. And the best bet that I gave out, Pritch, because I'm an awards junkie and I like to bet on these awards, I went in the Offensive Player of the Year market and I went ahead and bet Garrett Wilson. Now, the number in the guide is 25 to 1, which I think is the consensus number. As always, shop around. There are some other numbers out there as well. But 25 to 1, I think, is a pretty good number there on Garrett Wilson. The number I got was actually here at Circle was 35. Wow. I was like, okay, hey, at 35, I'm going to go ahead and bet this. But I still like it at 25. In fact, I like it at 20 to 1 as well. Once you get into the teens, that's a little bit too rich for my blood. But I think the handicap is simple. And this has been the news coming out of New York Jets training camp is that Garrett Wilson is a stud plus. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really going to take off. And you've heard it from their new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who at every turn has told anyone how special Garrett Wilson is. He said, wow, 17 is special. Yeah. He reminds me of the old 17, meaning Devontae Adams, who he had the great chemistry with in Green Bay. Jets beat repi- uh, reporter Zach Rosenblatt for The Athletic. He said that every time he's been asked about Garrett Wilson all offseason, he says that, my bold prediction is that he will be in the same sentence as Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and those guys by the end of the season. He has been that good all throughout training camp. I think the momentum is building for Garrett Wilson to be one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League and playing in that New York market right. on a team that is expected to play well using market ratings. Nine and a half is the win total. There's a good chance that they can get the double-digit wins. If Wilson can put up a 1,500-plus-yard season and maybe – 12 to 15 touchdowns, I think he would be in the mix for Offensive Player of the Year. And at 35 to 1, which I got, but even at 20 to 1, which could be a number that's out there, I think it's a pretty valuable bet to make. No, I agree with you. I mean, think about all the positions offensively outside of running back. Who can win uh, Offensive Player of the Year from a running back standpoint? I mean, can you can you get there with anybody? Like, or? Like Nick Chubb would be the only okay. one that you can make an argument for, but you also need Cleveland to be really good, and that's a tough division. Right, so they're therefore a combination quarterback, wide receiver, right? Uh, there's been momentum recently for wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. We've been talking about them. Michael uh, Thomas even, too, when he was sure. healthy. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Garrett Wilson is, and I know you watch Hard Knocks, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a great illustration of how a quarterback can elevate a player. I think Garrett Wilson is incredible. He's, he's just getting started. Now, Justin Jefferson is off the charts. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Aaron Rodgers is going to do for this young man is – put him on a level in which his confidence is going to grow each and every week. He's never covered. Like, even though it was preseason, right? Mm -hmm. The touchdown throw. Oh, yeah. Is a quarterback, a a regular quarterback, going to make a throw like that? Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But Aaron Rodgers is going to throw that thing on a rope and a spot, and the DB is not going to have a chance, even though he's doing his job and he covered Wilson. He was in a great position. He covered him. Devontae Adams, he's one of the best receivers at late hands in the National Football League. And what I mean by that is, you know, DBs are taught they're going to read your eyes. When your eyes get big and your hands go up, okay, now they're going to try to disrupt Mm -hmm. the play, right? They might not turn around and locate the ball. It doesn't matter. I'm reading your eyes. I'm reading your hands. If you're going up for a pass, 
then okay, I know I get to, I got to knock it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you late hands the thing uh, and you don't let your eyes get big, that DB never knows when that ball's coming. So what Garrett was able to do on that touchdown pass was at the last second, pluck it out the air. Now, when he's running a route in the field, when he's running around in anywhere, Aaron's going to throw him open. He's going to place that ball in which that, be, that DB is not going to have a chance. Uh, and so he's going to elevate his game even more in addition to getting open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in addition to getting open. So I, I, I like that bet, to be honest with you. I mean, running back is one of those unique situations where, uh, you, you know, one of those guys could step in. And, you know, you're looking at Christian, you're looking at uh, Nick, but, you know, you're looking at some pretty good odds right there, too. Uh, but from your standpoint, I'm looking at some really good odds for, for Gary Wilson. And another thing to point out here, too, and this is something that if you watched Hard Knocks, you would gather this as well. And it was Randall Cobb, who's played with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. for a decade or so, like obviously knows him really well. He's the godfather. Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the godfather of one of Randall Cobb's kids. Like they have a close relationship. Uncle Aaron. Uncle Aaron is what they were calling him. <laughs> uh, but Randall Cobb was talking to some of those young receivers saying, hey, eight doesn't like throwing interceptions. Right. And if you're not doing the right stuff, he's not going to throw you the football. Like, that's how he operates. So you got to make sure you're locked in and get everything in line so that you get the ball. Garrett Wilson's done all of that. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, one thing that we saw in Green Bay, if he really trusts you as a top target, he is going to feed you over and over and over again like he did with Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the situation that's brewing in the Meadowlands here with Garrett Wilson. And one last point with this market that I'll leave folks with as well is that not only do you have to be crazy in terms of your production – you have to be on a winning team because the last player who didn't make the playoffs and won this award was CJ2K back in, I believe, in 2008 or 2009. That's my problem here with Justin Jefferson, who is the reigning OPOY at 13 mm-hmm. to 1. Vikings have a win total of 8.5. A lot of people are expecting regression. If they don't make the playoffs, I don't care how good of a season Justin Jefferson has, he ain't winning Offensive Player of the Year because yeah. guess what? Last year, we saw Devontae Adams light it up and nobody said a word about Devontae Adams' OPOY. So just keep that in mind when betting this market. I will say, Tony Kill at 20 to 1 is attractive to you, though. It is very. <laughs> but can his quarterback stay healthy? I don't know if it matters. <laughs> that, that guy is so fast, Femi. <laughs> that does it for the Lombardi line, for Mike Pritchard, for our producer Elliot Bowman, the entire crew behind the glass. I'm Femi Abebefei saying best of luck. College Football Podcast coming up next here on the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefei on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the league, former first-round pick, and also a national champion for the Colorado Buffaloes back in the early 90s. Pritch, college football is here. Labor Day weekend is here, buddy. How we doing? Oh, doing great. How about you? I mean, I can't be more excited about what's just just taking place uh, with college football, kicking off the season uh, a week away from the NFL season, as we know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, I – I analyze the NFL, but I'm a big fan of college football, right? And, and certainly oh, yeah. a big betting fan. I, by the way, from a betting standpoint, I think we're at the tip of the iceberg uh, for college football because the growth mm. is going to be there uh, once we get through this playoff stuff and get to a real playoff. Yeah. Uh, and then once we get through all this realignment and, all, you know, jockeying for position in terms of TV rights and, uh, you know, getting your dollars right that way. Uh, but as we've seen last night and recently, even, uh, you know, the build up to week one in college football, mm-hmm. 
the talent pool is spreading out across the country, right? It's no longer concentrated, I believe, in certain areas. I, I believe the coaching is going to ma matter from a betting standpoint. Uh, these transfer portals certainly is going to matter. It's influenced already. Uh, but getting these guys ready uh, and who can get these guys ready, I think is going to be so key to betting. Yeah, the transfer portal has added an added element yep. to betting on this stuff, oh, yeah. whereas like, sometimes you have a really good feeling about a team and what they recruit like, but sometimes those transfers really come together like we saw with USC a season ago when there mm -hmm. were so many question marks this time last year, and they end up being on the doorstep of perhaps going to the college football playoff, if not losing to the Utah Utes in that Pac-12 title game. But before we get into Utah's win over Florida yesterday, last night, and also we saw Minnesota win in comeback fashion against Nebraska, <laughs> Pritch, I'm not sure if you noticed while watching the games, I think every commercial break, I saw a promotion for your Colorado Buffaloes <laughs> taking yeah. on TCU tomorrow. Yes. Every yes. single time, I was watching, <clears throat> I was watching Minnesota and Nebraska, mm. and like every commercial was too legit, <laughs> too <laughs> legit. To, I'm like, God damn! Yeah. Like, I know the game is tomorrow, big noon kickoff, whatever. You got to be pumped for your Buffs. They're Dion Coach Prime's debut. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we know what time the game is. I yeah. saw it about forty-seven times last. You know night. the thing about Prime uh, <laughs> is, is literally wherever he walks, like money falls off of him. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and Fox is just—they're like, look, boy, that's we, the gravy train. Exactly. We know this guy is is attracting so much attention, which he is, and he knows how to do it. Uh, but it is insane. By the way, 11 and a half, first half total, first half <laughs> spread right there. They're going to um, surprise them early? 11 and a half. Uh, you know, that's an early kickoff. But okay. uh, they Talk to me, Pritch. Well, they flew down yesterday. Mm. And so they're playing, they're practicing now, getting acclimated to the heat and the time because it is early kickoff. So they flew down yesterday uh, and Prime wants to dominate. So I was looking at mm. that first half. I My biggest bet last year, Fem was first half in this exact game in Boulder. And mm -hmm. that roster for CU stunk last yeah. year, right? Uh, but yet the emotion of it, uh, new head coach for TCU, quarterback situation in flux. Yeah, they got it right, and, and they killed the buffs in the second half. But that first half was iffy, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about kids here. And, and so uh, I think, you know, if you look at TCU, the quarterback situation solidified, we think, right? Um, uh, and then there's a lot of new players there. The same thing with CU. There's a lot of new players, but Dion's familiar with these new players. Mm. Um, now, can they win on the road? That, that's, that's the biggest test. I mean, we saw that as we we're going to get into Florida and Utah. Can you play well on the road, or, or do you short-circuit and make mistakes, <sighs> right? That costs you ball games. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what happened at Rice-Eccles Stadium last night. We'll go more into Colorado TCU a little mm -hmm. bit later. I just wanted to point that out, Prince. I was like, I think this is the 47th time I've seen this promotion oh, for Colorado TCU. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm just saying, I hope it's a competitive game. That's yeah. all I'm saying. The spread right now, 20 and a half, the Horn Frogs, but we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Florida last night just mm -hmm. laid an absolute stinker on the West Coast. It's, it was rare to see an SEC team go into Pac-12 country, <laughs> or at least what used to be Pac-12 country right. uh, in non-conference play there. But Utah gets the win 24-11. to Bryson Barnes got the start. It was not Cam Rising, despite all the uncertainty prior to kickoff. We saw Cam Rising on the field in warm-ups. He even was out there kind of talking to Billy Napier, the head coach of Florida. Market was bouncing back and forth. Ultimately, it settled at four and a half as the close and Utah covered that number, and the score probably doesn't even indicate mm -hmm. how big of a blowout this thing was. 24-11, but it felt like it was 40-11. to 11. Yeah. Florida never had any chance to win this game. Game also goes under the total as well. Right. Florida, I mean, when you think about Utah, first of all, Rice-Eccles, that place is so hard to play. I, I called a number of games yeah. uh, back when they were in the Mountain West, and 
um, a ton of games up there, and that's before they got it going, right? And and now they have it going. They've been so consistent with the program, um, and that was going to be a tough environment. I don't care who you're playing, and then certainly the altitude too, um, uh, for Florida to go up there. And you, why do kids make mistakes? Fatigue, altitude. Mm. You can't catch your breath. I mean, look at the first play of the game, right? And uh, for Utah offensively, and it's like, okay, if we can get out to that first fast score and create that momentum, get the crowd into it, that's going to make it tougher for a new situation for Florida. So um, give a lot of credit to Whittingham, give a lot of credit to Utah, that program. They just keep going. I mean, the matchups, you, you can kind of handicap it that way. I, I, I look at the beginning of the year in college football when you're talking about these kids, can they play on the road? You know, I, I really lean on the coaching and their staffs having their players prepared well enough. Mm-hmm. Or are they going to have missed assignments, you know, or or mistakes, uh, turnovers, costly turnovers, uh, things like that, and inopportune times, uh, really shows you uh, that the the advantage is certainly on the road is not there, right? If you're not well prepared from a coaching staff standpoint, but it, certainly if you have somebody like a Whittingham and his staff, the consistency, the continuity of it all. The backup quarterback situation really doesn't matter. We're going to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Like, do we lose um, our capability to be explosive offensively because our starting quarterback's out, not out there? No. <laughs> We're good. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked about that last week, right? Uh, and so Utah has that confidence about them. Uh, 24-11 just crushed Florida uh, and the Gators in, in a big-time missing uh, situation at quarterback as well for Florida. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, put this note in the rundown, and it says that the Gators – have not won a true road non-conference game outside of the state of Florida in 34 years mm. since beating Memphis on September 23rd, 1989. <laughs> like, there's a reason why some of these schools don't go outside their comfort zones in non-conference yeah. play, and they try to go to Atlanta or to Charlotte or to wherever that's kind of a bit closer to closer to home, at least. Well, coaches, they don't want to, one, um, mm. especially if you have national championship aspirations. I mean, uh, you mentioned CU winning a national championship, which we did, and uh, we played the kickoff classic in Anaheim, and we were supposed to play Florida State. Mm. Uh, Bobby Bowden didn't want to play that game. He didn't want that smoke. He didn't want that smoke because he's like, look, if we lose that game, our national championship hopes are out the window. And so our second opponent was actually Tennessee uh, from the SEC, right? And, and so, you know, coaches, they don't want to play those tough games like that. Uh, and... You know, that's a tough trip for Florida. I don't care who you are. I don't care how great you think you are at SEC, SEC. Mm. No. I mean, Utah was going to be ready for that team. Yeah. And Florida was not great. Like, they actually yeah. look bad, to be quite mm. honest. I think their win total was as low as we've ever seen a Florida team around that, like, five and a half, six range or so. Yeah. Like, not a lot is expected for the Florida Gators this year in 2023, which it's early in his tenure, Billy Napier now mm-hmm. in year two, but boy. You wanted to see a little bit more improvement than what we saw last night. Like, everyone's raving about what he did at Louisiana Lafayette. Right. All right, man. Time to put up or shut up. We got to see this thing. And last night, I didn't like what I saw. Mm -mm. Uh, In the Big Ten, from an offensive standpoint, I didn't like what I saw either. Did you fall asleep? (laughs) I mean. At the end of the game, (laughs) Gus Johnson and Joel Cladden, they do a terrific job. But they were like, what a game. I'm like, guys. (laughs) 
We cannot say what a game. Well, right. This game was horrendous for the, until the final five minutes of the game, I think. What a finish, I think, is more the accurate term right. than what a game. But uh, Minnesota won the game nonetheless, 13-10. to 10. Nebraska goes ahead and covers in Matt Rule's debut as the head coach of the Cornhuskers. Game also goes under the total of 43.5. Uh, your takeaways, uh, X's and O's, or betting-wise, from last night's game between Minnesota and Nebraska. First of all, the N on a helmet for Nebraska stands for knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get that straight out? <laughs> um, the rivalry still runs yeah, oh, in yeah, you, huh? deep. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> it's, it's next um, week, week two. It we'll is, see it. and that's another thing. That's why they hyped it up because they <laughs> yeah. can't diss Nebraska, right? Yeah, I Gus guess so. And, and Joel, they can't like just criticize. It's a big noon game next week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, or lack of knowledge in terms of <laughs> not being able to execute well when you're supposed to. And I think uh, again, new coach on the road situation. Can you execute in critical moments, uh, uh, situational football? And obviously, Nebraska couldn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> big 10 game broke out, though, Femi. What, it did. That thing, 13 to 10. Boy, that was, uh, that was I a... mean, the total, not even in jeopardy here. Um, <laughs> but it goes to show you again. I mean, you, you get all the hype or, or whatever, and we'll get in more into this. But um, are, are these teams going to be able to execute in critical moments, right? And uh, a, a road game like that and untested players – uh, when you're on the field for the first time like that in that type of environment, that gets tough. Uh, and there was some costly turnovers in this football game that cost Nebraska. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side, Minnesota is Minnesota. I mean, it, who knows what they're going to have, really? Are they going to have a mm-hmm. dominant running game? They need a dominant running game, yeah. uh, certainly, uh, to help out. But uh, we'll see what these two teams turn into. But <laughs> that was your, your prototypical Big Ten uh, snooze fest yeah. uh, between those two teams. Yeah, defensively, Minnesota looked strong, but also that might have just been maybe Nebraska's offense was bad. Uh, And for the Cornhuskers, I want to give it some time as well. Matt Rule, Mm -hmm. he's usually Mr. Fix-It. He Mm -hmm. turned things around at Temple, turned it around at Baylor. For college football, he's a pretty good coach. I think this is going to be more of like a year two thing for Matt Rule down Mm -hmm. there in Lincoln, but uh, it looked like they were playing solid, at least, physical. How timid did their quarterback look throwing that ball, picking the end zone? It's like, okay, I shouldn't throw it, I shouldn't throw it, and then he threw it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that you can't play that position timid. And that just stood out to me how timid uh, that guy was playing when he was running the rock. He was great. But throwing it, just not the confidence that you want to see from a from a starting quarterback. We have a lot planned over these next two hours and 30 minutes. Vinny Mayulo, Hall of Fame oddsmaker at the South Point. Von Dalzell, NBC sports betting analyst at NBC at 10.15 West Coast time. Carl Jick Jack Johnson, 10.30 West Coast time. Sports book director at the Beauregard. But coming up next, Zach Cohen, VEASAN writer to break down week one college football Saturday. It's here, folks. Coming at you here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.